This is All Things Considered on KNKX. I'm at Ronco. The wildfires, drought, and off-the-charts heat in the Northwest are just a few examples of extreme weather events that sound the climate change alarm bells. Early today, the IPCC released a report saying climate change is rapid, widespread, and intensifying. The U.N. Secretary General calls that report, quote, code red for humanity. For some of you, climate change might be all you can think about right now, and thinking about it can weigh on you. About five years ago, licensed therapist Andrew Bryant in Seattle noticed how clients were mentioning climate change more and more as they sought treatment for anxiety and depression. These days, about a third of his clients focus in their sessions on climate therapy. The idea of there being climate therapy at all is a pretty new idea, and there's no... There's no stamp of approval or uh, licensing system for making someone a climate therapist. So we're figuring it out as the earth heats up how to handle this. I sat down with Bryant to ask him how his approach differs when people want to talk about climate change versus other mental health concerns and what to do if we're feeling similar stress. What I try to start with, though, is validating people's feelings. And that's something that a lot of people haven't experienced before mostly because there's not a lot of language out there and there's a lot of a big sense of isolation that people feel you know this is my you know Andrew speaking here my experience at the bus stop dropping my kids off at the bus stop standing around with other parents thinking am I the only one who's who woke up and read the news about you know melting glaciers and can't get it out of my mind nobody else seems to be talking about this you know, the goal is not necessarily to be more realistic about the concerns and thus decrease the anxiety because the concerns are realistic often. If I'm worried about losing my job, it's generally un- kind of like exaggerated. The risk is less than what I feel inside. With climate change, it's a real concern. We probably need to be more anxious and more uh, worried and more scared about what's happening if we're going to do anything about it. Could experiencing climate depression, as you call it, or or feelings of hopelessness or powerlessness in the face of this issue, could it stymie our ability to address the issue, to deal with climate change? It does. Stepping back, that's one of my big motivations for talking about and sort of focusing on this topic. I'm thinking bigger picture, the topic of how the science and how the data impacts us is going to be on an emotional level and a cognitive level. And that's the domain of psychology. Social workers have been talking about things like denial and withdrawal and projection, all these terms that are used to explain how humans avoid challenging feelings or uh, avoid, avoid experiencing those challenging feelings for too long. And so we need all that knowledge to help us navigate how we as human beings are going to respond to this really stressful and scary uh, situation. Yeah, I want to ask you about individual actions, too, because there's there's a lot of onus that's placed on individuals to address things in their own lives about climate change um, and their own habits. And certainly, we've seen a lot of improvements as a result of that. I mean, I think about when I was a kid and people weren't really recycling anything, you know, but there's, I hear you describing that there also needs to be some societal, some bigger changes. You said there's a lot of onus placed on individuals. So good question is who's putting that onus on individuals. There's been uh, some really good stories just in the last couple of months showing how 
the whole concept of carbon footprint was developed and promoted by oil and gas industries to shift the burden of responsibility onto individuals. You know, what can you do? To, what did you do today to decrease your carbon footprint? Uh, that was a very conscious decision to avoid focus on structural and economic systems that are really causing this. And I think it's been very effective. It produces a lot of guilt about this, you know, uh, no, I'm, I'm a terrible person because I um, used another Ziploc bag for my kids, you know, lunch today. And I've got to really think about how to not do that. Nothing wrong with that. But it's a real big red herring, in my opinion. You know, Andrew, we're talking about the way climate impacts people and their anxieties and their fears about it um, in a fairly theoretical way. But climate change is going to impact different people very differently, depending on what you have in life, right? Yeah, I, I think that's a really good good point. And the dialogue tends to get oriented towards kind of like, well, white privileged people who are worried about, you know, losing what they counted on for their future, which is privileged in itself. And I always like to just put things in perspective somewhat. We're going to be seeing more, the most impacts of climate change in terms of health, mental health, and community cohesion. Um, Most of those impacts are going to be on people of color, indigenous populations globally and domestically, women, children, people with disabilities. All of those people are more at risk, and they're going to be having the most impacts also on a mental health level from extreme weather events. There's a lot of research out there that shows that extreme weather events lead to higher incidences of trauma, anxiety, depression, and displacement of populations. You know, it's, it's, it's important to, rem- to allow the feelings we're having, even if they're about the future. And I don't want people to feel guilty for feeling scared when there's other people who are more, you know, at risk. But it's also important to keep it in perspective that uh, it's a privilege to be able to think about the future. And it's also an opportunity to take action, not just for ourselves and for our own security, but for the, the security of people and health of people uh, who are most at risk. Andrew Bryant, thank you. Yeah, thank you. That's Andrew Bryant, a licensed therapist in Seattle who helps people deal with the mental stress of climate change. If that's you, Bryant suggests a few ways to cope. First, write about your feelings. Then talk to someone, maybe a trusted friend who can help you feel less alone. Look for people with similar concerns who are taking action. Maybe it's an advocacy group, maybe a trail maintenance organization. The point, Bryant says, is to take it slow and to know that you're not alone. You can learn more and link to his website through our website, knkx.org.